1 Samuel chapter 30, we picked this up on Sunday night and just going to do part two right now with us together. Let's look at it if we can, please. Look at verse number one. The Bible says, And it came to pass that when David and his men had come to Ziglag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. And uh, had taken the women captives and that were, that were therein. They slew not any, either small, great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. Verse 3 of chapter 30 of 1 Samuel. So David and his men came to the city, and, be, and uh, behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept and grieved uh, until they had no more power to weep. Verse 5, And David's two wives uh, were taken captive, Ahinoam and the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. I mean, he was stressed heavily. And the people spake of stoning him. For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons, for his daughters. Then the Bible says, read it with me, would you please? Are you ready? But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Father, I pray you would encourage me tonight and encourage our people. Thank you for the chance to look into your precious word and see what you have to say. Help us to apply it to our hearts and life. Help us to look back and see what you've done that's been so wonderful through the years in your strong, mighty works. Help us to meditate on what your purposes are to now and for our lives, for our world, for our situation and scenarios that we're in. Help us, Lord, I pray, to talk to you and to talk of others about you during this time. We've got all the reason in the world to be thankful and to encourage ourselves, the Lord, help us to do it effectively, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, just for those of you who may be joining us or not familiar with the, the uh, story, David has already been anointed the king of Israel, but um, he has not sat on the throne as of yet. He has been spending much of the book of 1 Samuel running around fleeing from a jealous king who has, the Spirit of God has left Saul. Saul's the king. But Saul's jealous against him. He's trying to kill him. He's trying to get rid of him. And so there's some big problems there. In the process, David has gathered 400 men initially, 400 men who were in debt, who had difficulties, who had challenges, who were struggling and discouraged and problems, and they joined themselves to him. And they did great exploits together. Teamwork makes the dream work. By the way, you want to be a part of a good team. And hook your wagon to the Lord Jesus Christ and serve him with other good brothers and sisters in Christ. There is great joy in synergy. And I need you, you need me, we need each other. And more can be done for the cause of Christ if we will do that and join together. They understood that. They appreciated David and they joined him. Now the 400 has turned into 600 men. They had left their wife and kids in their camp in a place called Ziglag. And there at Ziglag, they went out and were fighting, and uh, they were helping the Philistines against uh, common enemies, not against the Israelites. But in that process, the lords of the Philistines, to continue on, decided they would do so without David. David had already received rejection by his brothers, 
and by his king and by his people. Even though he knew that God had given him a purpose, he had received rejection. And now by the Philistines. And uh, he's not able to even work with them. And it's a challenge. It's a difficult thing. And with that in mind, he comes in. He said, let's go back home. It's a three-day walk and a commute from where they were to um, Ziklag. And uh, if you walk three days, you'd probably be tired too. These men are tired. They've been fighting. They have been, they have been in, engaged in conflict. Now they're walking back three days' journey, looking forward to the happy faces of their wives and children, their sons and daughters, and instead they see a pile of ashes. And it's a difficult time for them. They're not happy with that. They don't want to see what happened. And uh, their hearts are overwhelmed. They wept, grown men, weeping and crying and just brokenhearted, physically exhausted and, and emotionally drained. And they wept. They had no more power to continue to weep. And then they turned to the playing game and started finding out some of these guys said, you know what, let's stone David. If someone's got to be responsible, let's stone him. David, hearing that in his ears, the Bible says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Dear friend, in trials and difficulties of life, I don't care if it's loneliness, if it's financial problems, if it's a problem with your, with your family, a problem at work, whatever it is that you're going through, it's really important that we learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. I'll give you just the three things I already gave by way of review. To encourage myself in the Lord, first of all, I can't encourage myself in logic or luxury or just uh, stuff that, that I, I think is good for me. I, and when I'm discouraged, I want to eat sometimes. <laughs> but that doesn't, that doesn't always fix my discouragement. When I'm discouraged, I may want to do something that would get my mind off that. Some of you would want to play video games, and, or maybe you want to go watch a sporting event or go play something or run or look or go camping or go fishing, whatever it is to kind of get your mind off that. That's fine, but those are all temporary. We all need to find encouragement in the Lord our God. And uh, we do that several ways. Number one, we look back to the Lord's great exploits. Things he's done in our past, what he's done in the past in the scriptures. Listen, if he can speak the world in existence, he can help me in my little problem today. He can help your problem. If he can part the Red Sea, he can help you in your difficulty. Hey, listen, there's, if he can raise Jesus from the dead, he can give you life for today. He came not to just give his life, John 10, 10, but to give his life more abundantly. Look back to what he's done. Meditate on his purposes in this difficulty. When difficulties come, we oftentimes say, why God? Instead, we ought to say, what are you trying to accomplish? What is it supposed to be happening during this difficult time? What are your purpose? Start meditating on his purposes. And number three, I would encourage you to talk to God. Take your burdens of the Lord and leave them there. Are you weary? Are you heavy-hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Go to prayer. Talk to the Lord. And then talk to others about him. Tell God of his greatness and then tell others of his greatness. I think it's a great way to encourage yourself in the Lord. Number two, Paul, excuse me, David. I'm still back in Acts 27. Uh, David not only encouraged himself in the Lord, but he prayed. 
he inquired of the Lord. Would you look at the passage of Scripture just to, by way of review? Verse number 8, And David inquired the Lord, is God, uh, the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Uh, whenever you're struggling, when I'm struggling, when we've got a gut punch with a difficulty in life, number one, encourage yourself in the Lord. Think about what he helped you through in the past. Meditate on his purpose in the, in the present. And then talk of to him and for him and about him to others. And then pray. Uh, inquire of the Lord. Uh, boy, before you leave your room in the morning, pray. Before you have to discipline your child, pray. Before you have to talk to your boss about that situation, pray. I found myself today a couple times, but especially yesterday, on my knees, in my office, prostrate before the Lord, asking God for help. You know, it's a wonderful thing. I don't know all that God's doing, but it, felt, it makes me feel better when I take my burden off of me and I cast it onto him. Uh, when you can do that, you'll find that God will help you. He says, be careful for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. That works, friend. That's a secret to peace. The next verse says in, uh, in that passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter 4, in verse number 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let me encourage you. Uh, pray when you have a difficult time. But let me say there's something else we ought to do. We ought to pursue. We ought to walk on. I want you to notice he said, Lord, should I pursue? Should I keep going? Should I try to recover our, our wives and our kids? And, our, and what should we do? And he said, Lord, you know, by the way, I, talk, I was talking to someone the other day about that. I think it was Brother Abdel. I think he's preaching for our Better Roads Recovery Home now. He slept off the platform and going to go preach in the resurrection there, and I'm praying for him. But, you know, he said, Pastor, he wanted to go after his wives. He wanted to go after his kids. But he asked God. And if, what if God would have told him no? You know, naturally, if you're a fighter, you lost something. I remember one time getting robbed over here at uh, Burr Street in 80. I was at, the, I was at the, um, the gas station. Back then it was a Union 76. Now it's a Luke. Uh, I think it's a, it's a uh, buy low. And I was in there, and someone robbed me. When they robbed me, and they took the money out of the cash register and had a knife in my back and then in my neck, and when they, when they left, I just got so mad. I started chasing them out in the parking lot. Then I realized who's going to watch the store. <laughs> and I thought, I, I tell you, I, I, didn't even, I didn't pray about it. That's what I didn't do. <laughs> I didn't pray, but I just pursued. And most people would have any kind of, they want to go back and retain that which was taken from them. But he prayed and inquired the Lord, said, Lord, can I go? And the Lord told him to go. You know, I think most of us, when we're in difficult times, what you need to do is not be weary and well-doing. In due season, keep on going. You'll reap if you don't quit. In difficult times, put one foot in front of the other. Go ahead and get ready. Take on the day. Say, Pastor, I am just overwhelmed. I just want to keep the covers over my head. That's not what you want to do. Uh, keep going. Maybe what you want to do, but that's not what you ought to do. Whenever people discourage you, whenever loved ones leave you, whenever your child goes awry or your marriage is on the rocks or something goes crazy there or you lose your job, what can you do? You can get up the next day. You can face it. You can continue on. He inquired of the Lord and then he pressed on. I want to encourage you, press on. Those of you who are discouraged, press on. Those of you who just have received some 
unwelcome news, press on. Don't quit. Keep on going. You've heard the poem, when things go wrong as they sometimes will. When the road you're trudging seems all uphill. When the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile but you have to sigh. When care presses you down a bit. Rest if you must, don't you quit. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt, and we can never tell how close we are. We may be near to success, though it seems like it's so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things go wrong that we mustn't quit. Dear friend, whenever you're discouraged, encourage yourself in the Lord. Pray and press on. Keep going. If God gives you the strength to continue on, just keep going. You can tell when you don't have any more strength to continue on. Your heart will stop beating, <laughs> and you won't be breathing anymore. That's how you'll know. Boy, let's keep on going. Let's be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. God, let him keep going. I want to encourage you to keep going. Then I want to encourage you uh, with the next thing that happened. A couple things happened I want to share with you. Look, if you would please, at verse number 9. And David went, chapter 30 of 1 Samuel, verse number 9, and David went, and he and 600 men that were with him, and they came to the book, the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. And David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Besor. I do not know much about that brook, the brook, the brook of Besor. But I do know this, as God gave David the confidence to press on, he told his 600 men, let's go get them. God's given us an answer. We can keep going. We can try to recover. We can recover all of them. Let's go, guys. When they went, they came to a little brook, a, a, a water, a river of some sort. But when they went there, it was obvious that everybody didn't have the strength to continue. Some of them had to stay on this side of the brook. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the emotional drain that they went through. I don't know if it's the long three days of walking there. I don't know if it's just mentally or physically or emotionally, spiritually. They just didn't have the faith. They didn't have the energy. They were too faint to continue. But 400 of, 400 of them made the brook and were able to do the job. You know, this teaches me something. Not everybody is clicking on all eight cylinders all the time. There's always going to be someone who just needs a little extra help. I don't know if that's you or not. You may be on the other side. You may be in the group of the 400. Most people are going to be okay. Most people, they can take it on. But there's going to be some folks, especially at difficult seasons of crisis, that are going to struggle. You know what they need? They need somebody to be patient with them. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, excuse me, First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 14. He tells us, I want you to comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and be patient with all men. Do you know why? Because there are feeble-minded folks. Sometimes I'm that way. Sometimes you're that way. There are weaker times of my life. There's some times when I'm weak and Linda's strong. There's a few times where she's weak and I'm strong. But during those times, we need each other. And we need to make sure that we're the kind of people. And you're going to find there were some real clowns in that 400 group. They're the same ones who are the clowns that spoke of stoning um, David previously, I'm sure. They didn't want to help them when they came back. 
But there's some folks who just have a hard time making the brook. And if you know people like that, why don't you be patient with them? Why don't you love them? Why don't you encourage them? Why don't you lift them up? Aren't you glad that God is like that to us? He says, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. You'll find rest for your souls. Dear friend, if you've got some weaker people in your life, or you find yourself being a weak person at this time, I'm telling you, there are some people, and there's a time for rest. And maybe this is not, uh, this is an area we have to just the stronger, need to support the weak. I learned that from this story. I want to be a good, when I'm weak, I need help. And if I'm strong, I need to help the weak. May God help us to, to learn that from this story. But let's look what happened here in verse number 12. Excuse me, verse 11. As they went on their way, the 400 and David, they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he, and he did eat. They made him to drink water. And then they gave him a piece of cake of figs. They gave him two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him. For he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water for three days and three nights. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou? Verse 13, right in the middle of it. And whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, a servant of the Amalekite. And my master left me because three days agone I fell sick. We made uh, an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites and upon the coast that belongeth to Judah and upon the south of Caleb. And we burned Ziglag with fire. And David said unto him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? Can you show me where your people are? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. I think it's pretty amazing here. The Bible tells us, number one, we ought to pray. We ought to press on. And then I want to encourage you to, in your goings, look for people that you can help. Find that little Egyptian boy that's beaten up, doesn't have the strength, doesn't have the help that he needs, and you help him. Let me just tell you something. We ought a purpose in our hearts. We're going to help people by the way. They weren't looking for him. They found him in the pathway of trying to get where they had, were going. And God gave him a chance to find someone. Now, let me tell you something. Finding people like this little Egyptian boy here is not cheap. It's not easy. It'll cost you time. I find it'll cost you, it'll cost you uh, energy. It'll cost you your own water, your own bread, your own figs, your own raisins. It's going to cost substance that you think you're going to need later on yourself. No doubt as they left that, these guys were probably conserving all they could have. They'd been on a three-day journey, only such, so much they can take with them. Taking two clusters of raisins and a cake and their own water and putting it into this young man to get him back to life was an investment. Boy, helping people will be a source that God will use to encourage you in your difficult time. I want to encourage you to help somebody. Help somebody. I was sitting with my children this week in a family devotion time, and I've enjoyed being home, and Dad's grounded, and I'm happy for it. I'm glad I can be home each night and 
We've taken many of those nights and sit around with the scriptures. And when I thought about this particular story, we read this together as a family. I thought about the men and women that the Lord has allowed us as a family to reach out to in their low times. I found that those guys, uh, it took some time. There are some stories I could tell you. There are some investments that have been made. But I'm also telling you that there have been many times that they have been the key to help me keep going and to do what God wanted me to do in my life. They have been the source of encouragement. This little Egyptian boy, when he came to two, David said, hey, listen, do you know where they are? What's your situation? Who do you belong to? He said, well, I belong to the people that pillaged and burned Ziglag. That's who I belong to. But I was so sick, my master left me by, by myself to die. And I've been laying here for three days. He said, um, he said well, can you help us find your, you know where they're going? He goes, yeah, I know where they're going. He said, will you show me where they are? He said, I'll show you as long as you promise not to kill me. And don't turn me back into my master. That won't be a good thing. And David allowed and God used this person they helped to get them to the place. They came over the hill following this little Egyptian boy. He showed them where they were, and they were there camped out, laughing and joking and partying, if you will, with a tremendous amount of loot they had gotten from the, the, um, the Philistines and from Judah and from Caleb. They had a tremendous amount of loot and wealth and spoils, and, and they could look over the hill, and they saw their wives. They saw their kids. They saw what was going on, and the Lord gave them a great victory, and the Bible says that David recovered all. He recovered all. Several things. You know why he recovered all? He encouraged himself in the Lord. You know how you can recover what God wants for you to recover and have what God wants for you? And how I can have God, what God wants for me? Number one, I need to encourage myself in the Lord. In his past works, in his present purposes, and also in the praise of his greatness, not only to him, but to uh, of him to others. Then I want to pray. I want to pray. I want to inquire of the Lord, God, what do you want me to do? Oh, I would encourage a Christian, learn to pray, especially in trials. And then press on. Keep going. Don't quit. Keep going. Get up. Keep on going. Consider others that may not be able to make the journey with you. Love them. Encourage them. And then find someone that you can help. Find someone you can help. In helping someone else, the Bible tells us this principle in the book of Galatians. If we'll bear one another's burdens, we'll fulfill the law of Christ. But if we'll bear other people's burdens, God will bear our burdens. I don't want to tell you these stories, but I'll just tell you that many times the people that I've sacrificed the most to try to help and invest have come to me later to be the greatest blessings of my life to give me strength when I didn't have strength, to help me. Remember, and I forgive me for telling the story again, but when our son passed away in, uh, on that August the 15th, 2008, that next morning, I don't know I could have been more low, more stunned, more in denial than I was, but some of the greatest blessings that Linda and I got were from people that we had helped in some way prior to that. We tried to help them at their low point. They helped us greatly, emotionally, financially. They encouraged us. They helped us. 
And I find, friend, people who go about doing good, people who show themselves friendly, they find the blessings come back to them uh, in multiplied fashion. And I believe that will help us in our trial tonight as well. Dear friend, before I close tonight, I would like to just to ask you, are you discouraged? Could I encourage you to take the truths we've learned tonight, to pray, to press on, and to purpose to find someone to help along the way? I believe exactly what David did is a great example for what we can do. I hope you'll consider that. Don't, uh, don't get caught up with how you feel, how you think, and what you want. But decide, you know, I'm going to try to help somebody, especially when they're weak. And I'm not going to be upset with them when they're weak. I'm going to help them. And I'm going to make an investment. You'll be glad you did. Maybe you're looking tonight on this television uh, or your computer or your phone, and you're not sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven. I remember being that way. I remember sitting in a service on a Sunday night, knowing that if I died that day, I would have gone to hell. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I deserved to be separated from God eternally in the lake of fire. But uh, I knew also that Jesus did for me what I could not do for myself. He paid for my sin. The best day of my life, I got on my knees beside my bed and said, Dear Lord, I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. Only Jesus can save me. I believe in his death, his burial and resurrection. Only through him I can have eternal life. Do you believe that, friend? Do you believe you're a sinner? Your sin's against God. You deserve hell. Only Jesus can save you. If you believe that, may I encourage you to take that faith and put it in Jesus. The Bible says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God loves you. He wants you to have eternal life. We're in some scary times. But it's even more scary to consider you'll leave this world and some of its challenges and its fears and go into a place of eternal darkness, separated from a God who didn't want it that way. There's nothing in the world worth going to hell over. Don't let pride or procrastination keep you from saying, Lord, I need you. Forgive my sin and save me right now. God loves you. He wants you to be saved. Would you trust him? Maybe right where you are, you could say, Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve hell. I put my faith only in Jesus to save me. Trust him and ask him to come into your life and save you. He'll do it. He did it for me. He's done it for multitudes. I know he'll do it for you. If you need more information or more explanation, would you call us on the number you see on your screen? Those of you listening by radio, you can call us at 219-932-0711. I'm going to say that one more time, a little slower. I want you to get the help you need. 219-932-0711. Someone will take your call right now and help you answer your questions about eternal life. If you want to see the gospel presentation, you can go to fbchammond.com slash salvation. And there's a, there's a prepared video for you to understand the gospel. We want it to be clear. It's not a one, two, three, pray after me. No, it's an understanding of our sin and God's sacrifice and how we can have salvation through that. We want to make it clear to you. Can't earn your way to heaven. The secret of eternal life is to learn that it cannot be earned. 
It's not a reward for being righteous. It's a gift for being guilty. 